At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? Welcome into a Friday edition of The Edge. It's not a football Friday. It is a basketball Friday. Awesome slate of games yesterday in the Sweet 16. Second half of the Sweet 16, of course, later tonight. We get plenty of coverage of that and the NBA. As we are two weeks away from the start of the postseason, Aaron Renning will be with us to break down actually a very quietly good uh, Friday slate, despite the fact that there's Sweet 16 action later tonight. Matt. Yeah, I mean, an obvious place to uh, kick off this show is recap last night's scoreless draw between the U.S. and Mexico in World Cup soccer. Big one, big one. Uh, Point for the Americans, and we're on. Are we really going to do this? I was watching. No. Oh, okay. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to San Francisco then, huh? Duke and Texas Tech. Very yeah, good game it. yesterday. Uh, arguably one of the better games I watched all season long. Just high-level basketball for the most part. And the Duke Blue Devils, I, I dislike Coach K, and I, do, I dislike everything about Duke, right, growing up out here and whatnot. But when you have talent of that level, and you get to watch some of these guys just kind of work in isolation and how well they can perform down the stretch, really fun performance from the Duke Blue Devils. From a purely basketball standpoint, and while Paolo Bencaro is going to take a lot of the credit, Jeremy Roach down the stretch was absolutely fantastic. Sure. The cherry on top being the uh, turnaway jumper at the elbow that essentially iced the game for him. Holy crap. But the Duke Blue Devils win 78-73. They win and move on to the Elite Eight. And um, kudos to you. You hit this right on the head, right? Texas Tech comes out, gets a 10-2 lead over the Blue Devils. Very hot start. Was it like three turnovers that turned into fast break buckets? Yeah. In-game, gets up to as high as you got, what, Duke plus five and a half? It actually got up to six and a half in okay. some spots. Always talking about finding the right point to jump in, right? Timing is everything. And uh, I took 
five and a half, and then a tick later it goes to six and a half. I was like, damn. But it didn't matter. <laughs> it really didn't matter. And I think that was when Duke was down 12 to four. It, was, it went from like 10 to two to 12 to four yep. in, the, in the live line. And my plan, I didn't really hit the nail on the head because I wanted to take Texas Tech. I said I wanted to get at least five points. I was looking for five or five and a half at Texas Tech. And the way Tech started, I had to flip. And actually, before the game, I started to flip because I was texting with uh, Mitch Moss and uh, Ben Fox and a couple other guys from VSIN. Bob group text? No, oh, okay. uh, separate text. I had a bunch of texts coming in at the same time, texting people in and out. Ben Fox is yelling at you about something. Well, no. Uh, when Gonzaga <laughs> went down, yeah. what was your initial thought? Okay. Well, Duke's going to win oh, because course. this is not yes, going to be yes. Texas Tech, Arkansas in the regional final. Yeah. And that clears the path for Duke to get to the final four. I texted Mitch. I said, I have this sick feeling that Duke is uh, in the in the title game now. Yep. And it's going to happen. And uh, so I started to think about betting Duke instead of Texas Tech. I wasn't completely sold on the Texas Tech side anyway. And the reason, you know, we talked about this a lot uh, the past couple days. Duke's got five players projected to be NBA first-round picks. Mm-hmm. I love to bet on teams with NBA talent when you get to this tournament because a lot of times late in the game, you need a bucket. Got, got a whole bunch of dudes who can work in isolation. You got yep. a bunch of guys who can find a way to get a bucket. And Texas Tech doesn't really have any pros, but they do have a lot of experienced, good college players. Uh, they've also got a first-year coach in Mark Adams who I think uh, eh, maybe got a little bit confused down the stretch there. Duke threw out – a uh, zone. Yep. Texas Tech got discombobulated offensively, and you know what are you going to yeah. do? I, I can't. I can't point any fingers of blame at Tech really because when you have an offense that executes at such a high level like Duke did in the last eight and a half nine minutes, did not miss a field goal attempt in the last eight fifty five. Right? Yep. You're not going to. You're not going to beat a team like that that can execute, and that's against a great Tech defense. So give Duke the credit. It wasn't the officials. It wasn't any conspiracy theory last night. Duke outplayed Texas Tech down the stretch and deserved to win the game. 78-73, slips over the total. Well, it gets over the total pretty easily at 137. But Duke, here at the South Point, closes a one-point favorite. I saw some other places around town. I was at the William Hill book at M Resort. Texas Tech was still a one-point favorite. Not that it mattered. I said live betting was a way to play that game. You could have had Duke plus five and a half for – or six or whatever live betting, and uh, you could have had a one-point Texas Tech plus two or two and a half. So um, it worked out well for Duke backers last night, and I think a lot of people were betting Tech just kind of wishing that that was going to be the end of uh, Coach K's career too. Oh, I was wishing, but uh, a lot of people you were, knew it was coming. Um, you and could to, see it coming. To your point about te- Duke and the way that they played, so, uh, you know, the shot quality metrics, again, it gives you kind of an idea of what the quality shots and how often, you know, how you probably should have scored or what you should have scored. Right. Uh, final score yesterday, 78 Tell 73. Where to find those, by the way, because I did not discover those until Dave Koken told me about it. Like uh, Shot season. quality is the, uh, the site, shot, shot underscore quality up on Twitter. Uh, they have over 60 D1 NCAA teams signed up for their service. Right. So uh, these are legitimate numbers that you're getting here. Uh, but yesterday, Final score officially 78 73. Shot quality score, though, for Duke 79. So they were essentially just doing everything they needed yeah. to do. Uh, they were right on the money yesterday in terms of what they were supposed to do from a shot quality standpoint. It was a really well played game for Duke. And so they move on uh, to take on Arkansas. And this is a, it's funny. We come out of yesterday. I think the Duke, just the way that Duke played because it was such a high level game, you come out thinking, like, hey, that's kind of the conversation you want to start the show with. Mm-hmm. Not the fact that Gonzaga. 
the first overall, you know, the number one overall team, best team in the country, better team than they were last year, ultimately goes no, down to Ark. Uh, no, I'm just, I've heard yeah, it before. Never. <laughs> never. I mean, never was it even close to being true. The betting market would tell you that it was on par, right? Odds on favor to come out of the bracket, yeah. like out of their region, all of these things. It was a very highly power rating Gonzaga team yesterday. Uh, I, I talked about that being a myth in November. Yep. I wrote about it several times. It was not nowhere even close to being true. This Gonzaga team was nowhere near you as You got good grief as, after as, the third game when they blew out UCLA. Uh, yeah, I was well, on that Twitter thread. I was I like, just wait. A lot of Zags fans and the critics attacking me at that point in the season. Where are they now, JVT? Where are they now? Uh, they are home. Now, They're there quiet. Is... They're quiet. All those critics are quiet because uh, – Turns out to be true. I mean, Gonzaga was never five points better than the number two team in college basketball on any power rating scale. Mm-hmm. I just think whoever's, you know, and Ken Palm had it as well. And that's why I say I don't live and die by the Ken Palm ratings because I think some of those are way up. Remember at one point this season, Fresno State was in the 30s yep. in Ken Palm. And San Francisco uh, was like a top 20 team by at one point in the Ken Palm. They were like 20, and, 21. And, and Gonzaga was four or five points better than the number two team in the Ken Palm ratings. And that's why... Uh, you know, I don't I don't look at those every day during the season and live and die by the Ken Palm ratings like a lot of people. They're, they're, I'm, uh, I'm very much more uh, proponent, you know this, of like the efficiency numbers, like the breakdown of the actual yeah. statistics as opposed to the projections. Uh, they do give you an idea of what the betting market's going to look like. But I will say this about yesterday with Gonzaga, and I think you can speak to this too. While they lose to Arkansas, um, we, we were joking around that officiating would be front and center for the Dukes victory over Texas Tech before yeah. the result. The officiating of this game I thought was extremely poor. A couple of the late fouls on Holmgren, who eventually fouled out in that game, were like, to use the cliche, Charmin soft in terms of those being called. I thought this was an extremely poorly officiated game. Now, Eric Musselman deserves credit. They were great in transition defense. They were finding the ball. They were stopping it right in the middle of the court. They were not allowing Gonzaga to run. And they deserve credit for having a decent shooting night as well. But I thought this was one of the more poorly officiated games that I had seen. I agree. In, in defense of the Zags, I'm going to say this, too, because I saw you were locked up in a Twitter debate with some clown last night about Gonzaga. I mean, come on. Uh, what? I mean, that, no, the debate that I was in, that was ridiculous. Right. Let's go ahead and mention, <laughs> mention the premise of uh, his argument. Uh, the, the premise of the argument was that the West Coast Conference does not prepare Gonzaga uh, for the NCAA tournament, despite the fact that they had made it to multiple national championship games. And as I had mentioned in the, uh, the argument, had 15 wins over the last four tournaments in the NCAA tournament. So. Right. Um, they're prepared to play. Yeah, I think one thing that would help Mark Few is to schedule a couple of uh, high-quality non-conference games in the middle of the West Coast Conference schedule, maybe at some point in February, because you do get kind of, I think, uh, uh, a little bit lackadaisical. Because like an SEC Big 12 challenge type of deal, right? Yeah, yeah. some sort of game like that, maybe against an out-of-conference game against a Pac-12, Big 12, or Big 10 team, any, anything uh, that helps you break that West Coast Conference um, uh, trend because really I, I do think Gonzaga's uh, players sometimes get a little bit lackadaisical. They know they can blow out pretty much every opponent mm-hmm. on the West Coast Conference schedule except maybe occasionally you'll get a fight, which they did, from St. Mary's or San Francisco or BYU. But I, I think they need to play some uh, Power 5 Power 6 type conference opponents in February. That would help. But again, that's not a big deal. I, I don't think that's you know, when UNLV won the national championship in 1990, the Rebels came out of the Big West. And if you're good enough, you're going to win the national championship. Right. So it's not about the opponents typically you play in conference. Look at it this way. The Big Ten plays a rugged 20-game conference season, 
conference tournament. How many of those teams are left right well, now? It, it, one. Right. One team left. That was part of my yeah. argument, too. Is like, does Illinois have to find a new conference? They've never won a title, and they're right. not doing You know what I mean? Like, oh, we can go on and on. The SEC was great this year. You go through that conference, how yep. many teams are left? One. It's Arkansas. But it was about Arkansas's athletes last night, and I said this this year and last year. Gonzaga was going to be vulnerable to a team with athletes, um, guys that were physical around the basket. Chet Holmgren's 180 pounds, whatever. He looks like about 150. He's a stick figure. Right. But, and that's why I thought Memphis was going to be more physical and give the Zags a lot of problems. I will admit I was wrong about this game yesterday. I didn't think Arkansas was a team well, to do it. because said it. That was a public dog, right? Thought the Hogs were public dogs. Turned out to be wrong. They, they won that game 74-68, and it wasn't even a case where uh, it was a running game. Here's why I didn't think Arkansas was going to pull the upset. The Razorbacks' best player, and Paul Stone tweeted this today at Paul Stone Sports, and he's right. And we were talking about the poor shooting by Arkansas in the tournament. It was 10 for, uh, what, 37 mm-hmm. from three, I think, in the, uh, in the first two games. Paul said, uh, Arkansas advances despite the recent struggles of scoring leader J.D. Note. Since the Kentucky game on February 26th, Note has failed to hit a third of his field goal attempts in any of the last seven games. He's 34 of 117 from the field. That's 29%. Yep. And 9 of 48 from three, 19%. I didn't think with Arkansas's best player, leading scorer, struggling, that this team was going to be able to pull off the upset. But it still did. He shot 9 for 29 last night. Note did. And the Hogs still took down the Zags. Yep. And I'll tell you this, and you don't want to blame it on any one person, but when your point guard for Gonzaga is committing five turnovers and yeah. only dishing three assists, Nemhard was not good yesterday. Nah, he wasn't. He, he was not good in any form or fashion. And I think that really you can put that squarely. You know, at the and you and I Nemhard talked about this too in November. I didn't think Gonzaga's bench was anything at all. Yep. Look at it last night. Really mm-hmm. no production from the reserves. None whatsoever. Actually, I think you can uh, chalk it up to five points from the reserves as a whole. Uh, all right. We'll come back. Uh, we will look ahead to the next round as well, of course, because uh, we do have a pretty good matchup between Duke and Arkansas, as we mentioned. We also have four games tonight. So let's discuss those two when we return. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. You want to get into shape and having trouble staying motivated? Make five-hour energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit. Zero sugar, an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's a perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. You know, uh, I just got an email that popped in here. It's not, it's not a DraftKings email. Okay. It's a UNLV email. Okay. Uh, The deadline to renew your season tickets is approaching. Tell me if you would renew your season tickets with a uh, home football schedule highlighted by Idaho State, Mm. New Mexico, Mm. Air Force, Mm. North Texas. Okay, you're getting me. Fresno State. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Oh, Nevada Reno. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Battle for the Fremont Canada, baby. Come on. Come on, you got to do a better job with your home football <laughs> schedules than that. Oh, you know what? Huh? Too winning more than two games. <laughs> yeah, yes or what? Hiring a better coach. Yeah, I was going to say uh, a, lot, a lot of factors play into that. No, the, in defense of Gonzaga, what I wanted to say to wrap up the last segment yeah. is in that national title game against North Carolina, the Zags got screwed in that game with fouls to put yep. their big men on the bench. Remember that? Yep, I remember. And so, I, I don't think the the Zags have been a huge flop. Hey. Bill Self's been a number one seed ten times. He's got one title. Right. Right? Coming out of the, the rugged Big 12. Uh, big, big bad Big 12. It's not about the West Coast Conference or Gonzaga underachieving. Sometimes you just run into the wrong team at the wrong time. In this tournament, you have one bad night, you're done. Right. And uh, I, I think what's happened is the Zags have, have gone from the Cinderella team that was underrated to the overrated team where they're the number one overall seed, and I didn't think they deserved to be the number one overall seed. Right. We, we've gotten to that point where I think they've become overrated. By the way, the number one overall seed now has not won the tournament eight straight times. Like you know, So it's, it's not just Gonzaga that's underperforming as the number one overall seed. Right. And last night, I thought the refs, like you said, it was a really poorly officiated game. And come on, with the, with the calls on Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. a couple of those were ridiculous. The one that fouled them out was atrocious. Yeah, and I, I've said this for probably 25 years. College basketball has got to go to six fouls. And the reason is you have to do something to compensate for incompetent officiating. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your stars fouling out and sitting on the bench because the guy's just called for his fifth foul, but only two or three of the five fouls were legit. Yep. And that's a problem. And then you got a guy like Jay Billis 
who's one of the forefront commentators for the sport, who's out there saying, call more, more fouls, fouls. tighten it's, it up. That's a foul. That's a foul. You don't want all your star players on the bench in the second half of the game. It's like unwatchable this. at times. Yeah. And, you know, for somebody who ingests a lot of NBA content too, right, and watches those games. And here's the complaints, by the way, about those games are called. Mm-hmm. Like uh, college basketball at times with these officials and how involved they are and how much they love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'll, t- I'll say this about the NBA, and you pay a lot more attention to it now than you did in the 90s. Or the NBA games officiated a lot better now than it was 20, 15, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. It is. Uh, so anyway, we move on from there. So the West, the Elite Eight is set, and uh, we do have matchups later tonight. We should mention, too, yesterday, by the way, uh, one, Houston leading wire to wire over Arizona. Uh, a very strong performance from the Cougars, Ooh, getting man. good play. Talk about running into the wrong team at the wrong time. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Arizona, uh, I think, peaked a little while ago. Yep. It was on the downturn. Kerr Carissa, best three-point shooter, Two for 17 in the last two games for three-point range. And then the your three big guys last night, the three big guys I bragged up all year who were around seven feet, they were combined three for 17 from the field and last night. getting beat up on the boards at times in the last two games. Yeah. I mean, that's it's Get, pretty bad. Getting beat on the boards, uh, not getting good scoring opportunities. It's just an Arizona team that, where the wheels kind of fell off late. And, man, you have to admire Kelvin Sampson, like him or hate him. Houston plays relentless defense. Yep. Man, I tell you, there's a lot of coaches out there that can learn from watching Houston's defensive system. There is there is something like um, appealing about it aesthetically, like teams in college basketball, because you don't get it in the NBA because it's a little bit more finesse in the offense. Right. But the teams that are built around like offensive rebounding and defense and things like that, like just some gritty plays that yeah. are just going to be a pain in the ass to play with on a night-to-night basis. And look, to give Houston credit, it has led to deep runs multiple years now, this style. Just getting a whole bunch of springy athletes and telling them to attack the glass and play really good defense. And the amazing thing, Houston lost its best player, Marcus yep. Sasser, in December. Can you imagine what they'd be? <laughs> huh? Can you imagine oh, what I they would be? How good could this right. team be? Yep, absolutely. And then, of course, Villanova getting the win yesterday over Michigan uh, in a very well-played game offensively, for the most part, for, for the Villanova Wildcats. Two turnovers? So yeah. Pretty efficient <laughs> performance by Villanova. Yeah. And uh, Hunter Dickinson, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Michigan just didn't have enough guys step up and make shots. Look at the field goal shooting and the three-point shooting for all the teams that played last night. Mm-hmm. Aside from Duke's uh, stretch offensively in the second half of that game, you saw a lot of bad three-point shooting in uh, last night's Sweet 16 games. And by the way, Michigan, if, if you're down 16, if you're down six points with 15 seconds left, and Villanova's one of the best, if not the best, free throw shooting team in the country. Dude. You can't drive for contested twos. When you have to put up threes when you're down six for 15 seconds. And, the, ago. and uh. like it, it, we have these conversations around football all the time with like the outdated play-by-play and like the commentary. Again, yesterday, you get a quick two here. No. Like, no, you don't. No, and, and it wasn't even a quick two. It was a contested two that <laughs> right. they missed. Right. Michigan missed what about unofficially about 20 layups in the second half yep. of the game last night. Oh, it was driving Dude, me nuts. Sick. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, all right, so from there we get the four games tonight. Uh, top of the rotation, uh, we have some movement in some of these games. So I'm going to go through the movement really quickly, and then we could touch on the games individually. Purdue up to a 13-point favorite now on National Peacock Day against St. Peter's with a total of 133.5. That was 12.5, a majority of yesterday and the days leading up to that. And as I say, our friend Tony Miller over the Golden Nugget moves over to 12.5 up on the screen. Kansas, a 7-point favorite across the board with a total of 141.5. This opened 8.5. So you got some movement on the underdog and movement on the over. One shop, Mirage, MGM, all of those down to six and a half in favor of Kansas. Wow. And then the other two games, UCLA, two and a half across the board, or two with a total of 141 and a half. And Miami, up to three now, Ewan's one spot. Again, Mirage MGM, three and a half with a total of 132. 
Yeah, I played Miami at minus 140 in this game, but uh, I don't feel good about laying those points, especially Iowa State open a one-point favorite. It flips to Miami minus three, and uh, Iowa State's the type of uh, defensive team that can turn the screws on you and keep this game low-scoring and tight because you and I talked about it. Miami, the Hurricanes want to get out and transition, and right. they want to score. And tra- the Cyclones are going to do everything they can to, to slow this game down. And I, I've, I've started to like this uh, blue-collar Cyclones team a little bit, I, even though I hate the coach. I like some of the talent. Uh, some of the guys uh, like Isaiah Brockington who can really play on this team, Tyrese Hunter who can get hot from three. So I don't think it's going to be a runover for the Hurricanes. Um, as far as the St. Peter's-Purdue game, Purdue's weakness is defending the three-point line. Uh, they've tightened up some of that recently. But still, this is a, a, a Peacocks team that's very disciplined on both ends of the floor. And I don't think just because Purdue's got two big guys, two Giants, this David Goliath game where the Giants are 7-4 Zach Eady and 6-10 Trevion Williams, I don't think Purdue's just going to pound the Peacocks to death inside. I think St. Peter's knocks down some threes and keeps this game competitive. And the, and the Philadelphia crowd's going to get behind the underdog here, the Cinderella if the game's competitive in the second half, and I believe it will be because Purdue does leave too many open three-point shooters. That's been a case the entire season. If you look at the Ken Palm defensive efficiency numbers, I think Purdue's around 90 at this point. At one point, Purdue 88 was, right now. Yeah, okay. Purdue at one point was around 125, which yep. is ridiculously bad. And in the game against Texas on Sunday, the Longhorns missed some wide-open looks from three, so I thought Purdue got a little bit lucky. If St. Peter's can knock some of those down, this is going to be a more competitive game than a lot of people think. And you can't make this stuff up. It really is National Peacock Day on March 25th. I thought that I had to really be. Buy. I thought that had to be an internet or Twitter joke this morning. There's no way that's true. It actually is true. Uh, yeah. I don't want to debate whether or not the the validity of National Peacock Day, but (laughs) I will say that there is every day seems to be a day where I'm like, is it really like, is it really Uh that day today? But regardless, it does seem that is there is some backing that it is National Peacock Day today. Tomorrow's National Coach K Day. Do you know that? Is it really? No. Uh, His fist pump yesterday made me sick. You know what I'm getting Um, tired of? hmm. The the camera shots of Mike and Mickey Krzyzewski walking into the arena holding hands. Every single time before the game. All right, there's 70 something year olds. 70 year olds don't walk around. You got to do it. Holding hands. You got to do it for the cameras. Huh? You got to do it for it's the cameras. It's all for show. It's it all is. for show for the cameras. I, uh, I look the holding hands I've, nonsense. I've been married to my wife. It's huh? going to be two years this year. We barely hold hands. It's like, <laughs> two, it's like two teenagers walking into the prom. Man. You know what was the weirdest huh? part about it? Can I yeah. be honest? It wasn't that they were holding hands, it's that they were so far away from each other while holding hands. Like their arms were like stretched out. I was like, what, what are we doing here? It's like he realized, oh, wait, that's a camera. Grab my hand really quick. Um, anyway, regardless, I will say I agree with the uh, the sentiment on both games that you talked about here. And we also haven't seen official word yet, but the uh, the name of the day is going to be Jaime Jaquez and whether or not he's going to be able to go and what percentage he's going to be at today for UCLA. Yeah, I know you're on the same side here. I took Carolina yeah. plus two and a half for a little bit, a little bit more Carolina plus three minus 125. Just thinking that Jaime Jaquez, who I think is a glue, the MVP to the Bruins, if he's not going to be able to play that that's going to be a good number. Now, the word is he's going to try to play, and I figured he would because he's a gamer, he's a tough kid, but how effective is he going to be? We just saw Kirk Carissa with an ankle injury nope. uh, in two games for Arizona, shoot two for 17. So uh, I also think Carolina is one of those teams. We talked about hot at the right time. The thing that troubles me with the Carolina bet 
As Mick Cronin definitely has a coaching edge in this game. And typically, I don't like to bet against a better coach. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we're going to keep it with basketball. We're going to go to the NBA on the other side. Aaron Renning, professional handicapper, is going to join us. Roll through the Friday slate and maybe get some big picture thoughts of what's going on in the NBA. This is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Yeah, I promoted this uh, last Friday on the show, and I asked Wes Reynolds, have you been over to try the breakfast baconator? No, no. Do you ever leave the house to eat breakfast? Get out once in a while. Do you ever leave the house? Get to Wendy's, try the breakfast, huh? Does he ever leave the house? I picture West late night at a blue martini, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think that that doesn't happen. Uh, Aaron Renning does, I would assume. Aaron Renning, he looks like a dancer, like a a closet dancer, you know what I mean? (laughs) Probably. ER, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, ER Sports 1 up on Twitter. All right, Aaron, we've got a good NBA slate uh, later tonight. We'll start at the top of the rotation. We can, I know you're involved in the first three games. So walk me through Utah and Charlotte. This uh, opened up 3.5 with a total of 233. The total has been dropped to 228. Jazz are now a four-point favorite across the board. I found myself very much looking at the side of Utah uh, in this one. I haven't played it yet, but I feel like I might by the end of the day. But what do you make of this matchup, side or total? Yeah, I did not get involved in the side uh, in this contest. I mean, you certainly expect the motivated Utah after being uh, blown out by the Boston Celtics. But uh, I played this game under the total. I thought that was the, the better way to look. I mean, you know, quite frankly, you look at Utah, the Jazz, uh, you know, somewhat known for their defense. Uh, you would never know that <laughs> over their last couple of games. I mean, Boston shot a uh, season best. Uh, in that game the other night, 125 points. Uh, Boston, 60% from the field, 53% from three-point land. Brooklyn, uh, the previous game, 54%. Obviously, uh, two of the better teams in the NBA right now, Boston uh, and Brooklyn. But, you know, Utah talked about it after that Boston game that uh, they would expect to come out and, you know, get back to the basics here and I I think play better from a defensive standpoint. You know, similar situation here. Uh, with Charlotte, uh, I mean, the Knicks just could not miss the other night. Uh, 52% from the field, 45% from three. Those games happened. And note, you know, both of uh, those games barely got over the total uh, with uh, Charlotte and New York, uh, Utah and Boston. So, again, the focus here on defense, meaningful games for both. Charlotte in the uh, play-in hunt here. Utah fighting for that fourth seed in the Western Conference. No Bogdanovich for the Jazz. So, uh, definitely see why the reason uh, money's coming in under the total. Yeah, uh, for me too. When you look at it from a defensive standpoint, for Utah, they'll allow you to give uh, get those mid-range shots. And uh, Boston and Brooklyn both have two elite mid-range scorers. Charlotte does not. So uh, part of the thinking behind that for me in Utah tonight. All right, let's go to Washington and Detroit. Have you been in on the Pistons train? I am. I, I have been harping on the the Pistons for a while. Yar, I've not bet them nearly as much as I should have been. But this is a team that has covered 14 out of 16 games, and this total is all the way up to to 223 and a half. I know you're a total guy, but have you been following the Pistons? 
I have been. I, I think I've probably cashed on about half of those uh, covers, you know, maybe seven of the 14. You know, one of those teams that you can't go crazy with. I mean, I'm not, uh, they're not certainly my biggest side bets uh, that I have, uh, but uh, they played pretty well, pretty good basketball, except uh, when favored by nine over the Portland Blazers. <laughs> but, you know, great, obviously, the other night against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, very tough spot. They beat them 122. Uh, to 101, but you know, you, you look again. You just kind of have to take uh, into consideration where these teams are uh, in the season. I, I mean, very hard to make a case for Washington. I mean, just never in the game against the Bucks uh, last night till I guess the very end. They continue to fight. Maybe that's a positive. Of course, the Bucks, uh, no Giannis, no Middleton in that game last night. But yeah, again, these two teams are essentially playing for nothing draft position uh, at this point. So I, I played this game. Uh, over the total, I, I thought it opened a little bit short. Detroit actually been playing uh, with a little better pace, a little bit more efficient on offense here of late. And the Wizards, <laughs> uh, hard to remember, but back in October, uh, this was a juggernaut defensive team. I mean, they played tremendous defense about the first 10, 10 games of the season, and it's just continued to slide, slide, slide uh, for this Wizards team. Some of that from a personnel perspective, some of the coaching, some of it just that they caught up to their schemes here. So uh, I expect a high-scoring game between these two. All right, let's go to Golden State and Atlanta then. Uh, the Warriors now, of course, will have Draymond Green, Clay Thompson back on the floor tonight. Uh, kind of up and down the first two games without Curry, but then they beat Miami the other night. We know about the, uh, the brouhaha that happened on the sidelines for Miami. So talk about it this game because we're two across the board, two and a half with a total that is 221 or 222 ER. And from the Atlanta Hawks perspective, one of the things that I wrote about it this week, the market loves this Hawks team, but they have clearly been overvalued uh, because they are now in the month of March, three and 10 against the spread. And the market continues to move in their direction almost every single game. Not really the case here, but what do you have in this one? Yeah, there's been a lot of instances where I've kind of wanted to bet this Hawks team and I just couldn't get there. And a lot of that, is just because they're not a good defensive team. Obviously, I think about fourth worst uh, in the NBA from a defensive standpoint. Uh, you know, they just don't have defensive players for the most part. Hunter Capella, uh, but you know, Capella has to do so much um, to, to cover for Trey Young and, and company. It, it just kind of uh, erodes his what he can do as, as the season moves forward. So, uh, obviously, the Hawks have had a hard time finding that magic uh, from uh, last year. Uh, into the playoffs, but uh, I did make a small bet on them here tonight. Uh, again, it's just uh, you know Atlanta sitting tenth in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to get into this play in you know pretty much uh, you know five games ahead of the Knicks, but you know still fighting to perhaps get a a game on their home court. So you know it's an important game for Atlanta. Meanwhile, these games just have not been uh, that important for Golden State. And Steve Kerr has mentioned it; he's come out. And basically, talked about how he's, you know, a fine line trying to develop his young players um, as, you know, January and February into March here. So, if you picked up on that, you've definitely been able to make some money uh, betting against the Warriors. So, just a bigger game here for Atlanta. Uh, I expect maybe Golden State to bounce off that performance against Miami the other night. Also, bet this game uh, under the total. Uh, again, obviously, you know, no Steph Curry makes just everything so much more difficult. Uh, for this Golden State team. I mean, pretty basic with that said. But, you know, I, I think the focus is, and, and Kerr has mentioned it, remember this was, was you know, it's certainly a top three defensive team back in October uh, and November, and he's mentioned to try to get back to that. Obviously, 
uh, Draymond Green back in the fold. So the focus here is certainly for uh, on defense for the Warriors. Well, you mentioned the Knicks. They are eight-point dogs on South Beach against the uh, Miami Heat. Well, as a handicapper, how do you approach the Heat after watching that blow up a couple nights ago between Jimmy Butler and uh, Eric Spolstra? <laughs> you know, it's a great question. And, you know, I, you, you try to think about it, and I, I kind of put it like this. And, you know, this is kind of a stay-away game. Uh, from me, and it, it's very hard from a personnel perspective. I mean, the Knicks still don't know if Randall or, or Mitchell Robinson is going to play for them. They're very undermanned to begin with. Miami had a ton of guys questionable, but you know, I'll say this: you know, if Miami uh, doesn't really respond uh, in this game, then you know, you really have to start asking some questions about where this team is at moving forward the rest of the season uh, and uh, into the playoffs and. Uh, obviously, uh, a key game against Brooklyn, I believe, uh, tomorrow night. So um, uh, I'm really interested to see how uh, the Heat are going to perform here. Might be, a, you know, it might be vault them either way, you know, downhill or uphill, uh, in, in a good way the rest of the regular season. Yeah, the Miami Heat lost two in a row. Uh, still one game up on the Bucks in a top uh, seed in the East. All right, what about the uh, number three seed right there, the uh, Sixers, only a game and a half back. What do you make of the uh, the new-look Sixers who are playing the Clippers uh, tonight? Do you like what you've seen from uh, James Harden and the Sixers? Yeah, not really. I, I haven't been overwhelmed. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, they, they've, they've looked good against the weaker competition or some games that they should win, but, you know, against the better competition. I mean, that blowout loss at home against Brooklyn was, was certainly a warning sign. Uh, in that contest, I mean, without the big two, they beat Miami obviously the other night. Uh, you know, could not really put the the pedal down against uh, the Lakers without LeBron James the other night. So, you know, it's still coming together. Do I am I running out to bet this team uh, to win uh, the Eastern Conference? Not really. I, I mean, just very difficult for me at this point to trust uh, James Harden and Doc Rivers uh, in a big spot and think this team's ready uh, to move forward. You know, it's just, it's, I think it's going to be tricky and difficult for teams like Brooklyn and Philadelphia, you know, who just have not played enough minutes together uh, to advance through the, uh, the Eastern Conference here. And, you know, this game's kind of tricky as well because the Clippers are, you know, locked and loaded uh, into uh, essentially that eighth seed in the Western Conference. Paul George rumors he's going to be back with, you know, six games in back of Minnesota. Four and a half games uh, in front of New Orleans. Again, if you picked up on that, this team has just not put any kind of effort out here the last week or two. At ER Sports 1 up on Twitter, Aaron Running, professional handicapper. Aaron, good to talk to you, man. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck tonight. Got it. You too, man. <clears throat> Best bets next. How many plays you got in the association tonight? Uh, just one tonight. A lot of injury news and noise uh, that I was really uncomfortable with. Like I said, I think I'll probably end up being on the Utah Jazz, though, too. But we'll save one of the plays on the other side. Also, I have something to say. When we come back. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid, place the pouch between your lip and upper gum. Boom. One hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen's available in 10 varieties and two strengths. It's three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction. Six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom. Find your satisfaction. Find your Zen when you're sweating out these college basketball games. Visit Zen.com, the Z-Y-N.com to learn more and find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches is only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine warning. Product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, Matt Eubens, best bets. We start with college basketball. Uh, you know, part of me was doing this with the heart. Got that uh, futures ticket or had the futures ticket mm-hmm. on Texas Tech to win this thing. They got off to a good start. They were extremely competitive throughout in a well-played game, but ultimately Texas Tech plus one falls to Duke last night uh, in just dramatic and terrible fashion. But we move on. We press forward. Friday today, North Carolina plus two and a half against UCLA. I'll roll with the Tar Heels here. One, they get the um, the benefit of playing against the UCLA team. That's good. They'll probably have Jaime Jaquez out there, but you don't know how healthy he's going to be. A guy who's actually a pretty decent rebounder as well against a North Carolina team that's just going to go and attack you on the glass. Yeah. I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup for him there. So I think North Carolina pretty live there to win the game. So I'll take two and a half against the Bruins tonight. Well, I hope you bounce back because I got the Tar Heels as well. Thanks, man. That's one of my best bets. Appreciate uh, that. Last night I had a loser with Michigan, plus five Wolverines were right there late in the yeah. game. Couldn't make a shot. Did you see that, by the way, that shot quality score? I think they should have probably lost that by four or five. 
That makes you feel any better. No. Bring that to the window no. and ask him. Don't really care. Show him the shot quality thing. And just I, 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 I figured <laughs> the shot quality is pretty good when I watch him miss 20 layups. <laughs> <clears throat> it's amazing how many layups he can miss. And again, what are you doing driving for contested twos in the final minute when you're down, final 30 seconds I'm when you're down quick six two, points in a game? Uh, St. Peter's, I played the Peacocks tonight. I just took 13 here at the South Point right before the show. Uh, Peacocks plus 12.5 on this graphic. North Carolina, I played a plus 2.5 and also plus 3, minus 125. And Providence, plus 7.5 over Kansas. So I got three plays tonight and also actually got four. I bet Miami at a minus 140 on the money line, but did not put that on the graphic because <clears throat> it's a money line play. But St. Peter's. North Carolina, Providence. I thought this Kansas number might go to eight. It never got there. Yeah. Instead, has dropped to six and a half at some spots. Uh, part of my play on Providence, too, is uh, just a little bit of a hedge, not much. I think Kansas is going to win a tight game tonight because Providence is more physical and I think uh, is going to keep this a lower-scoring type of game. And the Jayhawks had all sorts of problems with uh, a Creighton team that didn't have as much talent or toughness. But... Uh, I've got some Kansas futures live at 18 to 1 and 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. Some Duke futures that are live, some UCLA and Purdue futures. Uh, I, I lost all those Arizona futures last night. It was sad to say goodbye, JVT, to the 40 and 30 to 1 Arizona tickets, but uh, the Wildcats ran into a, a hot Houston team that was much better defensively. And we move on. We persevere. How about the Tom Brady uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers futures? So the guy who came to Vegas and was firing on the Buccaneers, do you think uh, he's got a little bit of buyer's remorse or not after you hear these stories that Brady wants to force a trade to the uh, Miami Dolphins? I think he got a little remorse. I mean, but I would think you have some remorse, but also if you have if you have information that Brady's coming back, right? wouldn't you know that it's I'm coming back and then trying to leave the team that I'm currently signed with? Well, he didn't know that apparently because he's betting Buccaneers. Shoot. Well, so then it leads uh, me to believe that whoever that was had information from the Tampa Bay side as opposed to the Tom Brady side, mm-hmm. right? Would that be good deductive reason? And, and it's still obviously a long way from being done that Brady can force his way to uh, the Dolphins. If yeah. you read the Boston Globe story, which I thought was really good, it was insightful about why Brady retired and uh, the fact that he had a plan to go to the uh, Dolphins and be the GM. And when the Brian Flores stuff happened the next day, it, it kind of turned Brady's uh, grand plan upside down. Uh-huh. And that's why he ended his six-week retirement to come back to the Bucks. You saw Chris Godwin, uh, Leonard Fournette, guys talking about, hey, we want to play with Tom Brady. Guys want to play with Brady. Brady doesn't want to play with the Bucks anymore. He wants yeah. to be in San Francisco or he wants to be in Miami. Uh, so this is a, a soap opera in the offseason that you're going to have to keep a close eye on. But I wonder if you bet those uh, Tom Brady futures, yeah, you got a great number. You're not going to re- regret it too much. But – you got to be wondering what the heck's going on here because it looks like Brady does want to be in Miami. And now that you, as the Dolphins, trade for Tyreek Hill, how how does that uh, how does that how might that change things in terms of uh, how the Dolphins are looking at this too? Did they think, well, we're going to make this deal for Tyreek Hill and we're going to trade Tua and Devontae Parker or somebody like that to the Buccaneers? What's going on? Is yeah, there, I know. Do we have any reliable sources about what's going on behind the scenes that Brady really is trying to push his way south to Miami? There is a, there's one report coming out of WEEI uh, that uh, says that uh, Tom Brady is looking to push his way further south 
from Tampa Bay. And, uh, to, and to be fair, too, and I'll get the name of the guy who is reporting this, uh, he was allegedly the first with the news that he was going to go to uh, to Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. uh, this WEI guy or this Boston area reporter. So it does look like this is going to be the case. Uh, Dale Arnold is the name of the uh, the man who is reporting this. So would, quote, would not be surprised if uh, Brady played somewhere other than Tampa next season, uh, hinting that uh, – Instead of a possible rival with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, quote, try a little further south. So that would be the Miami Dolphins. That's going to be er- – this NFL offseason has not disappointed so far. Well, it's NBA-esque, right? Like it, in terms of trades and like, crazy, like player personnel movement, yeah. all this stuff, it does seem pretty nuts. Um, all right, with that, really quickly, I mentioned I had something to say. I wanted to bring this up. There's two things that we should talk about here, and they both center around the Memphis Grizzlies. So first off, yesterday, Jaron Jackson Jr., a very ho-hum night yesterday, just two blocks for a potential player of the year candidate, defensive player of the year candidate, and a very short stint against the Indiana Pacers. But this is from – this is so totally worth it. This is from Stats Muse here. Look at these numbers, Ewans. Jaron Jackson Jr., most games this season with two or more blocks, he's got 50 of them. That's sick. Three or more blocks, he's got 25 yeah. of them. Four or more blocks, he's got 14 of them. Five or more blocks, he's got eight. And six or more blocks, he has two of them. He, of course, leads the league in total blocks. Now – I have a I have a 301 ticket on Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. Wow! Okay? He is now 16 to one to win this award in that range, depending on where you shop. Third choice or second? Third uh, choice. No, he, right now he's actually fifth or sixth. Nah, come on. Yep. So trust How is me. he not the second or third choice to win this? Thing? So and this is where I come in because a lot of people will go. It's blocks. It doesn't really matter. You could block hunt. Here's the thing. <laughs> Career low in terms of fouls per game, right? So he's not just block hunting right. because if that were the case, he'd be averaging probably about four fouls per game. He'd be fouling out a lot. If you're just hunting for blocks, you're fouling a lot. It's not the case. With Jaron Jackson on the floor, how about some of these numbers according to Cleaning the Glass? When he's playing power forward, which are 59% of his minutes, opponents shoot 61.3% at the rim. When he, when he plays center, 40% of his minutes this year, 54.7% wow. within four feet of the basket with Jaron Jackson out there. Again, this guy is just swatting shots away, leading by a wide margin. Last look, he led the pack by 20 in terms of blocks, total blocks this year. He is the best defensive player on a top 10 defensive team this season in the Memphis Grizzlies. Why in the world would he not win this award, especially considering the fact that the guy who is the favorite now in Bam Adebayo has missed 25 games this season. Bam Adebayo's got a great, great numbers defensively. But at some point, when you're talking about losing or losing, um, we'll call it it's like stature in this award race, missing 25 games has to be part of this, has it not? And look at Jaron Jackson Jr. all the way down at 18 to one over at DraftKings. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a huge factor. And if a guy misses that high percentage of a team's games, I would not vote him to be Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I don't understand why Jaron Jackson. First of all, I wouldn't make Bam Adebayo the favorite. I think Rudy Gobert's probably the slight favorite. Or would you make who would you make the favorite? Because I think Jaron Jackson either's got to be the one, two, or three choice on this award. I, I can't understand why he's number six on the DraftKings odds board. If we're going like by like how I think this would actually play out, I would make Rudy Gobert the favorite, but it would be like a three to one favorite. And uh-huh. it, you know what I mean. This index prop would be a little bit more tight. In terms You've of what you got, three hundred to one on Jackson. When did you bet that? Uh, November. Ooh, I think no, like January, beginning of January, something like that. that? Late End in of the December. Season? Yeah. Wow. It, it was somewhere around there, somewhere in that okay. range. And I have to go back and look, but yeah, like he was three hundred to one. Wasn't even on the radar, and he should be. He's at. He's got such a good profile for this. So, like, it kind of drives me nuts. And here's the thing about defensive player, really quickly, because you hear so many different names, but like Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Mikael Bridges, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's like seven guys that could win this thing at this point right now, but the 
one dude who's been absolutely consistent and one of the best defensive teams in the NBA has been Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear about, oh, he hasn't been on an all-defensive team before. But no, that's garbage. If he's the best defensive player, he's the best defensive player, and he's not just hunting blocks. The other bit of news here with the Memphis Grizzlies, this was reported late yesterday right after we got off the air. Uh, John Morant, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks with this sore knee that has kept him out the last few games. And people might think, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah, re-eva- again, reevaluated is the key word. Zion Williamson was supposed to be reevaluated two weeks after the beginning of the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> and we just got the report that he's not going to play this year. Right. right. Right? Joe Harris was supposed to be reevaluated after five weeks, and he's not going to play again this year. Chris Paul's back, though. Chris Paul is back, but I'm just saying two weeks runs into the start of the postseason, like right into it. And I've said this before statistically, they're better without John Morant, yes, but when it comes to half court games that are very slow and tight, you need a star guard who can create in those slow possessions. And if they don't have John Moran out there, it's going to be tough for a really good Grizzlies team. Are you right about that? And you can't even mention John Morant in the MVP discussion because the Grizzlies are 15-2 and two without him, though. Yep. I would agree with that. But they do need him in the playoffs. I would agree with that. Yep. All right. We are all done. vcin.com slash podcast where you want to go. If you missed out any part of this show, your favorite shows, My Guys in the Desert, coming up next. We'll see you on Monday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.